Well done, guys. Hopefully, um, on Christmas Day, they don't have to make it last for quite half an hour. Um, are there, Pastor Graham wants to know if there's any spares, Affy. Is there one for Pastor Graham there? He needs some lollies this morning. So welcome uh, this Christmas morning, 2021, everyone. Uh, If you've been on the journey with us uh, this Advent, uh, we have heard from Pastor Dwayne who talked to us about hope and faith, the anticipation of, of good things. And we heard from Pastor Joy who spoke about peace and then Pastor Charles who spoke about faith. Uh, but if ever we were going to speak about joy, it would be on Christmas morning, wouldn't it? And um, I was thinking, uh, I wonder how many happy Christmases you've either given out or received this morning. How many times have you said, happy Christmas? I just, I'm, I'm now going to have to compete against the rustle of paper, uh, which is a happy sound on Christmas morning. Um, but I wonder, uh, you know, for kids... Christmas morning. <laughs> That's just the sugar speaking. For kids, uh, Christmas morning might be a peak morning. It might be the moment in the year that they feel most happy. Uh, maybe we can grow beyond that point. Maybe uh, other things can happen in our lives as we grow uh, that we would point to and say, no, that, that, is, that is a picture for me, of a happy moment. Um, Maybe it's a wedding day, the birth of a child, a great day in the surf or on the golf course. Um, I'm not sure exactly what happiness looks like for you, but I've got such a clear picture in my mind of a happy moment, uh, and it is this moment here. So this is a happy moment for me because within minutes of this picture being taken, uh, my big boy Ignatius said to me, Dad, this is the happiest day of my life. (laughs) Do you remember that, Ixter? He came out of the womb, I think, uh, wanting to catch a fish and it took till he was about three and a half or four. Uh, He tried and tried for months in local creeks and I was leading a youth retreat down uh, in the Tweed, and I, I, ha- I have a place that's kind of a sure thing. And sure enough, Iggy got his first fish, and you can't even see his smile there because he's just so proud of that thing. Happiness is a big deal for us, and, and maybe understandably so. I don't know if you know the story of the founding of the United States of America, um, and I'm not going to tell the whole story now, but you might know... They got into a bit of a biff with Mother England um, and they decided that they were going to have a crack at building a new society from the ground up. They were unhappy with heaps that was going on in England and their relationship to England and they thought, let's have a go and see if we can build a better country, a country that is truly great in the modern world. And a part of doing that involved the penning of some documents 
including during the war that they had against England, uh, this document that you might be familiar with, the Declaration of Independence. And maybe the most famous words from the Declaration of Independence are these. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and I was always struck by this. It seemed kind of a funny thing to put up there, but the pursuit of happiness. It was seen as such an important issue for a new society, for a new country, that it might be great, that they would write into maybe the most significant part of that document, that people need to be able to pursue happiness. And happiness... It might be worth defining very briefly for our purposes here this morning, if it, need, if it needs defining, uh, was studied and continues to be studied by some researchers, some scientists, some psychologists at the University of Berkeley um, in the United States. And they did sort of a survey of what happiness tends to mean in the literature. And it means what you can see there on the screen. Um, it is subjective well-being. So how you feel relative to your positive or negative emotions. If you've got more positive emotions than negative, you're probably happy. Those moments that we think of, like Iggy catching the fish, are full of positive emotions. Happiness is then your personal positive emotion. One of the implications of this, though, and I'm not sure if you can see where I'm going already, is that because of this, happiness is kind of fragile, right? If the best day of your life is the day where you finally marry that guy or marry that gal, who knows that those stories don't always end as well as they might start, right? If happiness is achieved the moment that you get the dream job, what happens when coronavirus comes along and the economy is reshaped and you're made redundant? Happiness is just one side of the coin of human experience, isn't it? Some of us are happier than others because maybe we've had better opportunities. Maybe things have just seemed to work out for us. But who knows that as happy as you can be because of a personal experience, you can also be at least that sad. It's interesting to me as I looked at the passages for this morning that come out of the readings, um, there was one that was written by a man named Isaiah and we've already heard about Isaiah this morning. And if you know anything about Isaiah, he was a prophet who looked at his people who had been ripped away from their homeland and were kept in captivity by a foreign power. And there may have been happiness in their life, some days, I'd say many days as those in captivity, they were unhappy. But Isaiah looked at their state and God gave him visions and dreams and hopes of a day 
where they would be restored to their homelands. And this passage that Sherilyn's just very briefly quoted speaks to this restoration of these exiles to their homelands. And it says this, The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation. You have increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, as warriors rejoice when dividing the plunder. Isaiah reaches for a word here, not the word happiness, but the word that we would translate into English as joy. And throughout the Old Testament, the word joy is used specifically um, in a way that we're going to talk a little bit more about, but joy is the experience that you have, and you can see there the word rejoice is the response that we have to the experience of joy. Isaiah goes on, For as in the day of Midian's defeat, speaking to God, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of the oppressor, every warrior's boot that was used in battle and every garment that was rolled in blood will be destined for burning, will be fuel for the fire. And here, those famous words, for us, to us a child is born, to us a son is given and the government will be on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace and of the greatness of his government and peace there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever, the zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. So joy is something rather different to happiness. In the Old Testament, as in Isaiah's words here, joy refers specifically to incidents where enemies are defeated. And it also refers to the, the securing of the homelands of the people of God. Uh, when David returns from battle, it says that the people rejoice when he's conquered the enemies of Israel. This is something somehow more substantive than happiness. And we might get a picture of how joy might seem different to happiness when we read the New Testament as well. You might be familiar with passages like this where Paul says, I rejoice in what I am suffering. I respond as though I have received great joy when I am suffering. Consider it pure joy, says Jesus' brother James. My brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, not a happy picture, and yet joy is referred to. And in the book of Philippians, as in a couple other places, there is almost like a command to God's people that we would be joyful, that we would rejoice always in the Lord. We would rejoice. For us, 
as those who stand on the other side of the coming of Jesus. Joy is not so much about the defeat of a physical army or the restoration of a natural homeland necessarily. Joy is about the defeat of a greater enemy, of all of those things that we've already spoken about this morning that Christ comes to liberate us from, from death, from sickness, from loneliness, from oppression. And our homelands that Christ secures aren't necessarily a natural homeland in a part of the world, but are a homeland in eternity when Christ fulfills his work of the restoration of the new heavens and the new earth. Something heavier somehow than happiness. This is uh, a famous painting of the moment that the Declaration of Independence was signed. And it's kind of a, an auspicious looking occasion, isn't it? Uh, I wonder if um, we will look quite so um, sort of refined, elegant around uh, the opening of presents uh, when we go to grandma's place for lunch. Um, this in some ways is a, is a picture that we could argue strikes a blow for happiness. If the American nation is about giving people an opportunity to be free and to pursue happiness, in some ways there's no moment uh, that we might look at that could be more powerful a picture of the pursuit of happiness for people. And yet, many have looked at this painting and seen who's not in the room. Many have looked at this painting and asked questions about what they really meant by freedom for all people. I think you could argue that this is a significant moment when it comes to happiness and peace in the world. To be sure, the United States has achieved a lot for the world. But it's not perfect, is it? There's some people who are notably missing from this painting. There are parts of the history, say, of the United States which as happy as it may have helped to make the world, it's not complete. <laughs> Joy, on the other hand, is present in some other pictures that we might bring to mind this morning. Maybe you know this story of the angels coming down and declaring to the shepherds, I bring you tidings of great joy. It strikes me that the difference between this picture and the last is happiness is a somewhat human pursuit, which we're very often sort of doomed to fail <laughs> in the pursuit of. As happy as we might be able to 
make ourselves as, as much as we might be able to achieve happiness. Sometimes life doesn't turn out how we intend it to. What's different in this picture is that God is breaking into the world. It's the angels that declare joy. We might pursue happiness to the best of our ability. It's only right that we've worked hard to make sure today is a happy day. But joy speaks not to the events in that auspicious room when the Declaration of Independence was signed. Joy speaks not even really to how happy we are as we sit around with our families at lunchtime today. Joy speaks to the good news that God brings through the person of Jesus to all those who don't make the happy scenes that we might bring to mind. Joy spoke to the shepherds in the fields in the same way that Joy speaks to those who were working farms at the cost of their freedom for many of the men who were in that room signing the Declaration of Independence. Joy speaks to a future for all those who are lonely and brokenhearted this morning. Joy speaks to the fact that God has a plan for the world that is well underway in the coming of Jesus 2,000 years ago. I'm going to get the band up. We're going to uh, finish with a song that celebrates this joy that God is working not just when we're having a good time but God is working to bring his good news to all. As we began Advent this season, Pastor Dwayne quoted Dietrich Bonhoeffer, who we came to learn wrote uh, some letters from prison. And he said of the celebration of Advent and Christmas that it is possible only to those who are troubled in soul, who know themselves to be poor and imperfect and who look forward to something greater to come. Let's continue this morning to wish one another a happy Christmas. It's only right <laughs> there'd be something wrong with us if we didn't want a happy Christmas. But what we celebrate this morning is something so much more profound that in the dark corners of the world, God is outworking his plan that light and love will come for all. Happy Christmas joy to the world.